Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to Let It Grow Investing here. Thank you guys uh, very much for being here. And uh, sorry I missed you guys on Monday. Uh, went to the beach, had a good time down there. And uh, holiday weeks kind of throw everything off. So uh, limited hours on Monday on the market. I think the market closed at 2. And then we were closed on the 4th for 4th of July. So I uh, hope everyone had a good holiday. I know I did. Uh, got to see a lot of friends, a lot of family and uh, had a nice little break. So um, was planning to get one out. Uh, just the, the way the weekend kind of all rolled together, it just uh, did not happen. So, uh, but glad you're here now. So there's a lot of different things we got to cover, uh, a whole lot. And uh, some of it is from last week. I feel like I haven't been here in like three weeks, even though it's been, you know, seven days. But uh, yeah, so it is about uh, 7.30 actually on Wednesday night on July 5th as I'm recording this. This one should be coming out uh, uh, pretty much right when I'm getting done. I'll, I'm going to go ahead and publish this one. But um, yeah, so we had a lot of different things going on with uh, GDP revisions. We had some Fed notes. We had some uh, you know, production numbers. We had some different things from uh, the, did I say the bank stress test? Did I say that one? Uh, just a, a lot of different things. Apple went above $3 trillion, uh, Tesla numbers, overstock news. Man, it was just a, a massively busy seven days. Uh, so we're going to try to cover all that. But uh, first up, if you do need help getting started, I do have some links in the description for some different trading platforms that I use. Uh, if you got your own already, great. If you want some free stocks from me, you can use the Weeble link to you know start a side account, start a trading account, uh, you know, put in a couple dollars. If you want to follow along with the investing challenge, even better. Uh, I actually just went ahead and purchased today. I forgot to buy it on Monday. Uh, I went ahead and purchased Lowe's. That's what we decided on uh, for week 27 of the investing challenge over there. Let it grow investing on Facebook. So I did buy that. Um, uh, I did actually sell a little bit more NVIDIA out of my IRA. That one uh, went north of 120% up. And I think I had to go ahead and trim that position. Uh, so I think I had a limit sell at uh, $431. I think it hit it intraday and fell uh, after that. So I'm okay with that. Uh, I've actually already put in some new orders uh, for what I'm trying to replace NVIDIA with, which uh, is a little bit safer, right? I'm trying to get a little bit more dividends in there. Uh, I'm trying to pull up my account here to see what actually uh, happened on that account today. But um, I believe I was rolling back into some oil stocks, into some higher dividend plays, and really just trying to kind of rebalance the portfolio after NVIDIA has had such an uh, incredible run. I think uh, for the first half of the year, they were up 189%. Uh, you know, so uh, small little gains to be had there. I don't know that I timed that one perfectly, but, um, you know, so be it. Uh, I'm not going to complain about 115, 120% gain in uh, a few short months on this one. So, um, and E-Trade is uh, giving me the runaround here on trying to load. Nevertheless, we'll uh, we'll move on. We'll come back to that one. 
We've got, um, well, yeah, saying the the bank news, right? We had uh, a bank stress test, you know, pretty much a, uh, a doomsday situation as to, uh, you know, hey, what would happen to the banks if uh, we had a 45% drop in the stock market? And uh, what was it, a 10% um, drop in uh, capital, I believe it was. I, f- I forget the actual number. I'm trying to pull that one back up as well. So all the 23 lending institutions, the major 23, uh, were actually passing that one. So uh, this led to a couple different stocks being able to increase their dividends. Uh, you're trying to do some different buybacks. You're trying to figure out all the logistics of what they've got to do. And, uh, you know, a little bit of discrepancies as to internal audits and then what uh, the Dodd-Frank uh, test actually showed for what was going to happen here. So um, this one, uh, it still, you know, leads me to think that uh, some of these banks are getting sold off more than they really deserve to be on some other bad actors. Now, I'm not going to say that there aren't some problems in the banking industry. I know that there are. But at the same time, I think it is going to be a decent point of entry for some of these bank stocks. So I have been buying some of those and uh, I will continue to buy some of those. I think that is one of the ones that I put into my IRA today on a limit buy. I went ahead and tried to add to some more Bank of America. That is a position I am trying to build. I believe it was IIPR, which uh, now I have to think about what that actually stands for, but that is the uh, Marijuana Growth uh, operation stock. They have all the facilities and it's a REIT that they lend out this uh, real estate for grow operations or warehouse operations. And uh, that dividend was looking pretty juicy and uh, it was looking to be undervalued. So I went ahead and uh, was trying to buy into that one as well. Uh, I want to say that was about a 10% dividend. So I was trying to get in on that, uh, on that dividend. Uh, I think Enbridge, I might've added to that. Um, think maybe Devon Energy. I forget if that one made the list or not. I was looking at those throughout the day, trying to see where we could, uh, you know, get a little bit more yield and really have this account uh, start paying, uh, you know, a little bit more in the way of dividends. But uh, overall, for the day, we did uh, kind of trade down a little bit. It was kind of a kind of a quiet day out there, but uh, we did have federal Federal Reserve news coming out. Uh, we had some notes coming out saying that uh, you know a couple people did actually want to raise the rates in June, but uh, we did not do that. We had that pause, right? But uh, they also pointed to the fact that we were potentially going to get two more rate hikes throughout the year. And uh, that is looking more and more like the theme as to what's going to happen in July is that we're going to see another rate hike, probably another 25 uh, basis point move higher. Uh, so we did have a little bit of a sell-off in the market. But uh, at the same time, you know, we were looking at this GDP number for uh, Q1. We got the final revision uh, three months after the fact. Uh, They do monthly revisions uh, until they get the final numbers all compiled. And then, uh, you know, they release that data. So it was originally a 1.3% run up in GDP. They revised that. I believe it was Friday to 2%. And uh, we saw the market rally on that. So we've had a lot of green in the market, a lot of euphoria in the market over some of this uh, good news that has kind of continued to come out. And um, there's still a lot of uh, strength in the consumer. There's still a lot of different uh, you know, news articles that are, are kind of showing that uh, we're in a good place. 
even though, uh, you know, half the people seem to think that, uh, you know, the, the market's going to fall. We're going to have this uh, major hard landing from what the Fed's doing. And, uh, you know, we're seeing delayed effects of what, you know, these uh, these rate hikes that the Fed has actually already done. So we're, we're trying to piece together, really, where do we go from here? Um, man, I, I've I had a really tough time trying to unwrap everything that uh, we're seeing all at one point. Uh, you know, we've got some big moves out of some tech names. We've had, uh, you know, some of the healthcare stocks, utilities kind of slowly start kind of coming back up. Energy's kind of been lagging. But uh, I think overall, there are some areas that uh, make sense out there. And some of them um, are in some some turmoil right now. Uh, so I, I guess I kind of want to get into the stocks that I'm looking at for week 28 to really get into the second half of this year here. Uh, as we enter July, I really want to see some some other stocks that are, I think, potentially undervalued or give us a different perspective as to what we could potentially look at going forward. Uh, so I, I'm going to say first up, uh, if I'm, we're going to kind of do this out of order. Uh, the uh, investing challenge stocks we normally do second half of the show, but uh, you know, uh, I guess we're going to change things up a little bit. So the first one up, we actually bought in week 28 last year in uh, 2022. So this is actually going to be stock number one for the week. And uh, that name is going to be Disney. Oh man, this one, it's it's very uh, politically divided right now, right? We certainly got some political pressure around this one, but uh, I'm looking at the earnings, right? The numbers aren't going to lie. Uh, you know, they, they might change, but uh, they're not going to lie. Uh, the, the earnings have looked fairly strong on Disney. Uh, we have trended up nicely since 2021, which I know, uh, you know, they had a lot of problems at that point. Uh, but, uh, you know, Disney Plus was kind of coming around out around that time. We had some park problems because we couldn't get into the parks. But uh, I'm guessing Disney was probably higher then than what it is now. I'm trying to go ahead and pull that one up. But uh, as we move forward, we're seeing uh, Disney kind of keep trading down a lot of political pressure. That's the only thing I'm really seeing. Yes, Disney Plus has kind of been a uh, tough spot for them to make money. Uh, I think with more crackdowns on password sharing, and they're going to follow the steps of Netflix on that. I, I think that with, that could potentially be another driver of growth. Uh, Netflix is certainly making that work for them. Um, if I look at a five-year... Um, where are we here? We've got, uh, we did hit 197. That's probably about two years ago. I'm trying to take a look at my phone here to see where this actually is. But uh, even uh, I'm guessing pandemic times, we hit a low of 86. That is my guess as to what this chart is showing me. And right now we're at 89. But, uh, you know, then you fast forward and we were well in the 150 range there for a long while. Shot up to, like well, like I said, 197. And now we're back down in that $90 range. Uh, so I don't really see how the euphoria of the pandemic times got us up to 197 when no one was able to visit the parks. That was a, a poor entry point. And now I think we are having this uh, stock really trade down on a lot of political news that I don't know is going to last much past 2024. Um, I'm not too sure where that one goes, but uh, I think we get past an election and uh, we get past some of this political pressure and uh, we should start seeing this one move higher. We uh, also could potentially get that uh, dividend reinstated by the end of the year. Uh, so 
Uh, Trefis has this one being 33% undervalued right now. Uh, their price estimates about 120.79. If I look at Reuters, which is kind of my go-to for looking at values, uh, they've got it as a buy right now. We've got 29% um, of upside from 26 different analysts. We've got earnings per share from 22 was looking at uh, $3.53. For 23, the average is showing $3.86. And then for 24, we're looking at $5.21. So these earnings are growing uh, and they're growing substantially, right? From an average of uh, 521 for 24, uh, the low end is $4.49. The high end is $6.16. And we're coming off of $3.53 in 22, but we're still trading below the PE values from 22. So uh, I, I can't really see that the, the political pressures are going to keep this one down forever. I know we got some tax, you know, obligations, things like that, that are kind of up in the air. But uh, overall, things are trending in the right direction. We've got uh, 7% of growth for 23 in revenue, 13% of growth in revenue for 2024. And uh, like I said, that um, PE, the forward PE is at a 46% discount. So I see a lot of undervalued, uh, oversold position in Disney. And uh, it gives me reason to think that this one could be um, a good stock to buy for that turnaround play. But yeah, I think you got to be uh, going to this one with the long mindset that uh, Disney might uh, stumble for a while, right? We might trade sideways. We might go down a little bit. I don't really see it going down too much. I, I think a lot of that is kind of baked in. And uh, I really don't see too much downside in this one. But um, I, I do see long-term uh, return to normalcy for this one. So uh, that's going to be number one for the week is Disney, D-I-S. Number two, uh, we're going to move right along. Uh, I wanted to throw a tech one in there, and uh, that's going to be Google, G-O-O-G-L or Alphabet, if you want to uh, name the parent company, which I always forget to do. Uh, this one has run up this year a bit. Uh, I'm not going to say that it hasn't. Uh, Six-month chart. We uh, started the year around $86. We're at $127. But uh, when you look at where we came from at the uh, the end of 22, these names were getting punished left and right. And that's why all of them have rallied higher this year. Uh, you know, We've seen it in a lot of big tech names. Uh, Google Alphabet has rallied, but uh, not as much as some of the other names in the market. I think a lot of that to do is on advertising numbers, which are still strong. YouTube uh, YouTube numbers are still pretty strong. and uh, But there's a lot of fear around what's going to happen to advertising if uh, the, the economy does kind of fall out, if we do really enter a recession. And uh, there were some you know, notable concerns about those advertising dollars going forward. So uh, for me... This one is still undervalued. The, the earnings are stronger than a lot of the other tech names that have been uh, seeing, uh, you know, bigger run-ups, and uh, it just makes more sense on a uh, on an actual cost basis when you look at it, uh, as far as what the PE looks like, as far as what the, some of the uh, the different numbers really show us here. So, uh, 43 analysts say that this one has about eleven percent of upside, but uh, again, we've got the growing 
revenue. Uh, we've got about 6% of growth for 23 and 18% of growth in annual revenue by the end of 24. Uh, they are releasing a lot of new products, which uh, have been doing pretty well for them as, as well. I, I know I'm a fan of uh, a lot of the Google products myself. Uh, I do think that they are gaining a little bit of market share there. Uh, so they still are undervalued uh, compared to the their historical values. 10% discount on price to sales, 9% uh, discount on trailing PE, and a 15% discount on that forward number. Uh, so they uh, have a forward PE of 21.2. That five-year average is a 25.1. So you're still getting a very strong tech company with a 21 times uh, forward PE, which is uh, you know lower than a lot of the consumer staple companies right now. I, I think Pepsi and Coke are trading higher. I'm pretty certain that McDonald's is trading higher. So uh, I still think that this one has a lot of growth, uh, more than a lot of those other names that I just mentioned, and uh, still in that right area for something that uh, can really take off and run higher in this market. Uh, like I said, uh, all, all the different metrics across the board are showing a discount to where they historically trade. And uh, it's just one that I am comfortable owning and buying. I think I mentioned last week that I actually went ahead and bought some of this. So I am comfortable adding to this position here. And uh, that's going to be number two for the week. Uh, so I did mention last time that I wanted to look at some oil names. And uh, one of those names that uh, I think is noteworthy right here is uh, Chevron. That is going to be a tried and true dividend, uh, you know, high dividend payer. I'm not sure if this one's an aristocrat. I believe it is. Uh, but we've got a 3.8% dividend yield. Uh, very safe on that uh, on that yield. Uh, Trefis has this about 16% uh, of upside here. And I'm going to take a look at Reuters. I know that Reuters has the, uh, the annual revenue coming down for this year. And next... But uh, we'll take a look as to why that is. Uh, we've got about 19% of upside when it comes to 24 different analysts on Reuters. Uh, so we do have 17% of uh, drop in annual revenue for 23. And that will then rise to only a 15% drop by the end of 2024. Now, a lot of that is to do with the actual gas prices, right? A lot of those prices have come down, which uh, ultimately hurts how much money they bring in if they're selling uh, the same amount of oil at uh, at a lower price you know the the numbers are going to be hurt from that so i think that's got a lot to do with uh why everyone's running out of the, this uh, out of the oil names right we've got uh lower revenue we've also got uh recession concerns and, and actually seeing uh if their products going to be as in demand as it was uh in 22 as everyone kind of got back out and and got out to to travel uh, so I think that's definitely hurting them. But uh, overall, uh, with OPEC talking about more uh, you know, cuts to production, which uh, may or may not actually be true. It looked like uh, Russia from satellite images said they were going to cut about 600,000 barrels a day, but they really weren't actually doing that. It looked like production was rolling on uh, just as it had before. So uh, I, I think there's a lot to digest there. I still think we're going to have a, a lot of demand for oil. And um, even with EVs, we still got a lot of different uh, you know things that really require oil to uh, produce. So, uh, plus Chevron, Exxon, I think they're all seeing the the writing on the wall that they need to get into clean energy as well. And uh, I think they, they've got a, a, enough 
pull in uh, the political space to go ahead and do what they want to do and uh, really move that business forward. Uh, we've got uh, dividend growth on Chevron CVX of uh, 6.1% for uh, the year ending in March. Uh, dividend payout uh, pretty low at only 31.7%. So uh, I like to see companies paying out less than 60% in that dividend payout. And uh, we certainly qualify on that. So that dividend is nice and safe. Uh, yes, we've got that that falling revenue, but uh, the numbers still look like they are going to be able to uh, continue to grow as far as what that dividend is. And um, what do we got on the on the PE here? We've got trailing PE only at eight and a half times. That is a 67% discount to their five-year average of a 25.7. On that forward metric, 11.7. Uh, five-year average is a 20. So that's a 41% discount. Uh, so again, the dividend is, uh, in my mind, safe. We've got uh, some major discounts as to what they are historically trading at. The revenue is going down, but I think we know why. And um, a lot of different things point to the fact that uh, it's not going to be as rough out there uh, for the consumer. And uh, we're not going to hit that hard of a recession. There's still uh, a lot of reasons to think that these stocks move higher. So number three, Chevron CVX. Uh, number four, um, which way we want to go with this? I'll uh, I'll do the the bank stock for number four. Uh, so number four is going to be Bank of America, and that uh, ticker is BAC. Uh, why did I pick Bank of America? Well, one reason they uh, just announced uh, this afternoon that they are going to be raising their dividend uh, payment. So that is actually going to go up about nine percent. Uh, so I think that could be a uh, strong sign that uh, more people are going to be getting back into these bank stocks for a little bit higher of yield. They just passed this stress test, which uh, ultimately I think is going to uh, have people get back into some of these banking names. Uh, why not some of the other ones, right? Uh, well, Bank of America has got a pretty decent amount of upside left. Uh, more than Goldman Sachs when I'm looking at uh, you know some of the numbers there. Goldman was about 17.3% upside. Bank of America was 22. Uh, they both had a 3% dividend yield. Uh, Schwab, uh, I think that Schwab could actually give us a, a solid return, SCHW. Uh, I believe that number was 16.8% on one uh, analyst call and then higher elsewhere. I think yeah, Trefis had it at uh, 26 but uh, I'm going after the the Reuters numbers, a uh, kind of uh, average of what all the different analysts that are covering it said, um, and their dividend was only 1.73 percent. So um, for those reasons, uh, I I'm going with Bank of America. Plus, I wanted to average more into Bank of America as I think that this one should continue to run up higher. I've heard some different problems with uh, Schwab and some of their uh, uh, trading products. So I really didn't want to do too much on investing into Schwab when I'm not too uh, convinced that uh, they're out of the woods yet. That one has uh, kind of gotten beat down with some of the banking problems and it's stayed there. It really hasn't uh, done much to come back. Uh, Goldman is definitely running higher. JP Morgan, I believe, is at a yearly high. Uh, yeah, they're right near that uh, that yearly high. Uh, Goldman, I do like if we have a lot of IPOs coming back out. They are certainly in that uh, that IPO space, and uh, they certainly have a lot of that business. So once that market really starts rolling back up, 
Uh, I think Goldman is going to be a strong player. They are trading in the middle of that 52-week range, Goldman Sachs is. But uh, Bank of America is going to be that stock for uh, spot number four, uh, BAC. And uh, I'd like to see what you guys think about uh, these stocks here. And please be sure to get over to Let It Grow Investing and get your vote in. Uh, number five is going to be an ETF. And uh, my thought here is, like I said, a, a lot of these names in the tech space have already really run. So I don't necessarily want to go straight QQQ. What I want to do is get a NASDAQ 100 equal weighted index. Uh, so that means that every name in the NASDAQ 100 is equally represented in this ticker, QQEW. So now you've got a lot of the other NASDAQ names that uh, haven't run as much. Uh, granted, this, uh, this uh, ETF is at a yearly high. But uh, at the same time, there's a lot of names that haven't run up as much as uh, NVIDIA or Meta. We've also got uh, Amazon. We've got Zscaler. We've got Intuitive Surgical, ISRG, uh, Marvell Technologies, Datadog. Uh, so there's a lot of other names that make up the NASDAQ that haven't really had that, uh, that run higher yet. Yes, some of them have gone up. I understand that. But uh, it's not simply just the seven that are uh, just pulling this market higher. So uh, I think that that could be a better way to get uh, some exposure to some of these names that have already run, but uh, also have an equal weight of the names that have not. Uh, like I said with uh, NVIDIA last time, uh, I think that that one can correct down. Yes, it's moving higher uh, you know, in the short term, but uh, I think we get to some point where uh, people start taking some profits out of NVIDIA and this one does move lower. So... I don't specifically want to just chase down the QQQ and buy uh, pretty much, you know, overweight Apple, Microsoft, uh, some of those main players in that tech space. So I think that uh, an equal weighted uh, NASDAQ ETF could certainly give us a little bit more uh, leeway as to not buying at the peak, but still being involved in all things tech that move forward. And uh, really chasing that AI trend, but not really individually going after single names that uh, have already run so much. So that's the five I got for you guys. We've got uh, Disney, uh, DIS. We've got Google or Alphabet, which is G-O-O-G-L. We've got Chevron, CVX. We've got Bank of America, which is BAC. And we've got uh, QQEW, which is the, uh, the NASDAQ 100 equal weighted ETF. So please make sure you get over to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook uh, and let me know what you think. Uh, simply vote up for the stock that you want to see us add to our Weeble portfolio. And uh, again, if you need to start a Weeble portfolio, I do have a link in the description for that as well. Let me take a look at this Weeble portfolio. I did get a uh, notification that we were up $1,000 or we had made $1,000 in this account. Uh, so far, uh, now I say that we um, are down a bit from that number, but uh, we are still well into the green, which we have not seen for the majority of the time since we started this uh, portfolio. We were down pretty substantially. Uh, we were down, I believe, at the beginning of the year for 23. We were down 16% roughly, and now we're up about 5%. So I'm definitely glad to see that this one has moved up nice. 
And um, we do have some winners to speak of now. We, we, we're definitely hurting to see any green there for a long while, but uh, definitely nice to see this one turn around. But um, yeah, what do we got as far as winners right now? Uh, I think Tesla is in the lead there. We've got uh, Amazon. Uh, no, Broadcom's beating that. Uh, Microsoft, Google, uh, QQQ, Starbucks, NVIDIA, Iron Mountain, SoFi, all in the green. Uh, these are the just a small portion of them that are in the green. I'm not going to run through every name for you. But, um, you know, in the other side of things, Honest Company is still the big loser. Uh, Walgreens is still way down there. MPW is still way down there. Uh, Devon Energy is still down there. But uh, other than that, not a whole lot of major losses here. So I'm um, definitely happy to see that this thing is turning itself around. And we are getting, you know, a little bit firmly in that uh, that green space. So, um, yeah, with that being said, I'm going to take a quick uh, break here and I'll be right back. All right, we are back here. And uh, just wanted to bring up some uh, some other news that was uh, noteworthy since we last uh, talked. And uh, one of those news stories was that Overstock is actually buying Bed Bath & Beyond. I did catch an interview with the uh, CEO of Overstock. And basically, they were saying, why do you want to buy a failing uh, you know, retail name? Uh, and a lot of that reason was uh, Overstock really was uh, a name that really didn't fit the company anymore. Uh, they, you, you know, used to be a liquidator of goods. Then they kind of went to home goods and still did some discount stuff. But uh, they really wanted to get away from that name of simply just being this uh, this liquidator of items. So they think that uh, the the brand name of Bed Bath and Beyond is more fitting to them. Uh, so they went ahead and purchased that. And uh, a couple analysts say that uh, it could actually uh, up their sales by. Uh, up to double from a couple different uh, analysts here. So it's looking like, uh, you know, some moves there for Overstock, really trying to uh, differentiate themselves from the the name that they kind of got pigeonholed into. And uh, I've seen that time and time again with, uh, you know, smaller companies where they put a name where it's one service or one industry, and then they want to go into other areas. And it's really hard for them to do that without a name change or making another company to have a kind of a, a sister company of the original business. And uh, it's looking like that's what, you know, Overstock is really looking to do here as well. So we will ultimately be seeing uh, Bed Bath & Beyond names still out there, uh, unless they decide to change that, which I don't really know why they would. Uh, it might be Bed Bath & something else, but uh, I think that we're going to see a very similar uh, kind of name and, and plan more with the uh, the overstock management. So hopefully that'll help that uh, that name uh, really kind of be revitalized and move forward and, uh, you know, go forward from there. But um, we also had some Tesla news. We had some deliveries that were, uh, came in, you know, hotter than anticipated. So that uh, had Tesla moving up very nicely here over the last, uh, probably even over the last five days. Let's take a look at that. We, uh, we definitely gapped up on uh, 6.30 uh, to 7.3, which was Monday. We moved up from like 262, 263, up to about uh, 282, uh, simply on the fact of this uh, this delivery news. Now, um, what do we got here? We've got, uh, why I'm looking at the news for Tesla, and it's a lot of GM news right now. But uh, I know that the, uh, the deliveries were... 
uh, much higher. We had, uh, I believe, 460 some thousand. I'm going to try to find that actual number here for you guys. And uh, they did bring down some of the prices on the Model 3 in Japan, but that also led to more sales. So it looks like uh, they are still moving forward with making more vehicles and getting more uh, you know, automotive uh, EVs onto the road here. So that is definitely what they wanted to do. And uh, it's looking like it is a well above and beyond what uh, was going for a lot of different analysts, what they thought they were actually going to do. So uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, Tesla saw its deliveries for Q2 23 uh, compared to last year surged by 83% to 466,140 units. Uh, so the growth rates were driven in part by a favorable comparison with Q2 when the Chinese, uh, when the company's Chinese business declined sharply uh, with COVID lockdowns. Uh, Tesla also benefited from price cuts on popular models and an expansion of manufacturing capacity. Uh, we cut price on vehicles multiple times over the last two quarters, uh, such as the, uh, the Model Y selling at more than 20% below last year's prices. And the uh, the Model 3 and Y are also eligible for the $7,500 tax credit, which is also helping sell more vehicles. Uh, we've got a ramp up of production at uh, the Tesla factory in Texas, and uh, that's also helping supply to an extent. Uh, we've got uh, a Q2 tally. Uh, Tesla's total deliveries for the first half of the year stand at about 889,000. And if you remember, I think it was like a couple of years ago where they were trying to get above a million vehicles for the year. And now we're almost doing that uh, in half a year. So uh, we are roughly on track for a 2 million delivery target for 2023 if uh, this momentum kind of keeps continuing to roll uh, up higher. Uh, the delivery number should also put Tesla on course to meet its 50% long-term compounded growth rate target this year. That's a huge number. Let's just take a look at that. 50% growth for a year on a, uh, what is it, $880 billion company. And we've got that kind of growth. Uh, again, you know, a lot of people don't really see this as a growth company. Um, $829 billion. I was off. Uh, but this is simply a, a growth company that uh, is looking to, to grow in other ways than simply just automotive. I know. I, I've said it too many times. But uh, I do believe that this one still has a lot of room left to run. Uh, the PE is high. It's an 82, but this one continues to grow at a uh, at a staggering pace. So I still think that this is a, a long-term win. Uh, again, I'm not looking to buy it here. I'm not going to fault you if you do. I wouldn't fault you for buying NVIDIA or Meta or, you know, Meta's got new products coming out too. They're, they're you know, trying to go after Twitter. I, I think any of them they can be bought in little tranches. I simply do not want to add to this one because I have uh, too much of a position in Tesla at the moment, as well as NVIDIA, right? That's why I said I trimmed off some of that. Uh, but uh, I think long-term, you are, I'll say safe, right? Uh, I think in the short term, this one could drop back down to 190 uh, in a month, right? That's how these, uh, these high flyer names tend to go. Uh, they've got these massive swings in either direction. But uh, overall, I think when you you know you zoom out and, and you look at the, some of these names in five years, I think they're going to be massive, right? I still think that uh, Microsoft. Uh, I've seen a lot of different analysts calling for this one to be the next three trillion dollar company, and you know they're sitting at two point five trillion. Microsoft, MSFT. 
Uh, and the PEs out of 36. I still think that this one, you know, to go up another half trillion, uh, that's, you know, sounds like not a lot. That's a, a massive amount of money. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, it certainly can happen with a name like Microsoft. They are in a lot of the right areas right now. And uh, the PE, uh, yeah, it's a 36. I, I still think that this one has got a lot of growth left uh, uh, in front of it. Uh, you know, but the the, P, the the upside on Microsoft's only about 3%. Uh, so there's just not much in the short term, right? But long term on a lot of these names, they are still great names with a lot of room left to run. Uh, Tesla actually has 20% of downside. NVIDIA is probably about the same because they've gone up so much that the analysts can't keep up. Uh, NVIDIA is actually 12.78% of upside, surprisingly. Uh, so they have got some new people saying to, to go ahead and buy this one just on uh, the 29th of June, we had Rosenblatt come out and say 600 is a price target. Piper Chandler saying 450. Uh, Daiwa is saying 475. So there are some uh, people saying that there's a lot of room left to run on some of these names. But uh, I guess for me, I just want to see you guys enter cautiously, right? I, I don't want to see going all in on any one of these names that has had these massive runs. And uh, remember that just six months ago, all these people that were saying buy, uh, now they were saying to run for the hills on these names, right? Uh, NVIDIA got to 108. Tesla was down to what, 104. Uh, uh, this is this is kind of the problem with trying to follow the analysts is that they will flip-flop as to what the momentum is doing when at uh, 108, I was saying that these need to be bought. Uh, that was my opinion. Uh, I can't give you that financial advice, but for me, I was buying them when no one else wanted them. That is kind of where I look to uh, make uh, make the money, right? You you look to see what is on sale, but really shouldn't be. And uh, I'm trying to do that now with some of the names that we're looking at for the investing challenge. Is Disney in some trouble with some things? Potentially. Uh, I still think that they're undervalued. Google, uh, I still think that they could certainly be moving up uh, against some of these other tech names. Chevron, a lot of the oil names, they're getting traded off uh, on recession fears. I still think that they are very strong names that uh, have a lot of room. Banking uh, concerns, there's still a lot of room there. So uh, maybe for me, I don't see the the draw to buy uh, some of these high-flying tech names right now. I still think that they have room to go long-term, but uh, I think there are better options out there for me in the short term, better entry points on some other stocks. So uh, I can't tell you that uh, you know the tech names are no longer good. That is not what I'm getting at. I don't ever want to uh, steer you away from something if you think it is a great play for your individual portfolio long term. What I'm trying to do is find out which one of these 19,000 stocks out there makes sense for me, makes sense for us uh, to go ahead and add to a portfolio right now. And uh, some of them just do not work. Uh, I, I see a lot of people looking to get back into some smaller cap as uh, you know, some of that has uh, you know, really been sold off heavily. And now we think that that business might uh, start growing as uh, these, uh, these interest rate hikes hopefully come to an end soon, right? We've got maybe two more and then hopefully we get a little bit of a pause and uh, then the, the economy starts slowing down a little bit and uh, they start cutting these rates back. And that should help some of these small companies, you know, have access to more capital. Although, you know, that would mean that their economy is slowing a little bit. But uh, hopefully some of these smaller companies can actually play in the game 
and, and really have some some room to run higher. So there are names that make sense, even though some of these names have already run to where the point that I don't think it's worth chasing them. Uh, I think the time to buy them was six months ago. I think you will get a better entry point. And that is one of the reasons that I can simply just not tell you to rush out and buy anything tied to AI or that has had a 100 plus percent run for 2023. So just be mindful out there. Understand what you're up against. Know that a lot of these big uh, you know, tech names can fall. And uh, a lot of the names that I'm mentioning here still could fall too, right? We could see more problems in banking. We could see more of a recession fears and, and not so much building happening. Uh, so we don't need as much oil or travel slow down. Uh, the, these are all real fears but uh, or real concerns. But at the end of the day, you got to make a calculated risk as to what is going to help my portfolio long term. Are there any gaps? Uh, am I not diversified in any uh, you know individual industry? Can I add to that at this point in time versus another industry that might not fit for uh, what the market is really presenting to us at this uh, given date? So that is my thesis as to why I think these five could be decent picks right now. Um, I'd really love to know what your thoughts are. Uh, so please reach out on Spotify or on Let It Grow Investing. If you've got uh, some names, uh, I know one person did mention a name. I do want to do a little bit more research on that. Uh, it is a travel stock. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write that one down for week 29, and uh, I will revisit that one. So um, I won't give it away right now. But uh, with that being said, I do want to talk some real estate with some people too. I've got a couple people that plan to come on the show uh, to you know, kind of shine some light on what their real estate investments look like uh, versus stocks. So I am excited to do that as well. Uh, so stick around for that one. Make sure you uh, subscribe, uh, follow along, and uh, share. If someone else is really looking for some insight on uh, investing or some some ways to get going, please uh, you know send the link their way as well. And uh, if you want to leave a review, please go ahead and do that on Spotify as well. Uh, so thank you guys for being here and I will catch you in the next one. Take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.